talk on hard facts. I don't just bring you the news, I bring you the newsmakers. Consul General of the U.S. Consul General in Lagos, giving her first ever interview in Nigeria. Claire Pierangelo. They come to me because they know Lagos is listening. I love the way you engage Nigeria, especially with people who are called to Phoenix, Nigeria. They still be among Nigeria than you are We talk to the newsmakers. The special assistant to the president on digital and new media, Tolu Ogunasi. Frank Mba has just walked into the studio. Yawande Sadiku. Yawande is the executive secretary of NIPC, the Nigeria Investment Promotion Council. The senior special assistant to President Muhammad Buhari on public affairs, Mr. Ajuri Ngelali. We talked to captains of industry. She's the founder and CEO of Tomato Joss, one of Nigeria's biggest agro-industrial businesses. Her name is Mira Meta. He's been selected for Forbes 30 under 30. His name is Inyolua Aboyeji. We talked to the experts. He's the chief economist at Business Day. He's a big friend of the show. Also because... He's the head of the Department of Molecular Biology and Biotechnology at the Nigerian Institute of Medical Research, NIMR. Dr. Bamidele Walofo. And we talk to you. I found Mr. Usman through hard facts. He's a listener. He sent us a WhatsApp message when we were talking about the scanners at the port. Give me your afternoon and I'll give you the answers. Hello, I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and you come to me for hard facts. The world keeps turning and you're trying to keep up. The fight against coronavirus has the there's so much noise drowning out the news. Talking heads, broadcast messages, press releases, they're telling you their side, but you just want the facts. And that's why you come to me. I give you the statistics without spin. Out of 116 million working age Nigerians, 35.5 million are employed full-time. That's 30%. I give you the context. I give you the history. I fight fake news with facts. Kayo Day. Let me talk. No, I will, I will let you talk. Kayo Day. Coyote, I will let you talk if you let me talk. Coyote. That's why more and more Lagosians are tuning in. Half a million Lagosians. 720,000. 970,000. Over 1 million Lagosians. They know that if you give me your afternoon, I will give you hard facts. Well done, Sandra. I am Sandra Ezekwesili. And these are your hard facts. Hello Lagos, good afternoon. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili and these are your hard facts. It's six minutes past three. First hard fact of the day, eight new COVID confirmations yesterday. Yes, you heard me, eight. None of those cases are from here in Lagos. It looks like we've beat this thing, but still take your precautions. Keep wearing your mask. I was at an event yesterday organized by uh, the Bank of Industry. I moderated a panel uh, for the back of industry and I was really happy about the number of people who were at this event and who were wearing their masks from the beginning to the end now of course it was a lot of government officials but if your government officials are wearing their masks that should tell you something right as an ordinary citizen um, so there were lots of governor's wives there uh, including the Lagos state um, governor's wife uh, and Edo State Governor's wife as well. Uh, several ministers um, in attendance as well. Um, there are also like lots of like heads of MDAs and heads of like really in well industry <laughs> it, it is a bank of industry after all and all of these people really wealthy really powerful 
um, were wearing their masks, you know? Um, so if they care about their health, and I'm sure most of them in attendance were triple vaxxed. You know, triple vaxxed means that they've taken three doses of the vaccinations available. If they care so much about their own lives and they're doing a lot to protect themselves, even though the cases have gone down to as little as eight, I hope that that tells you that you should take your own life seriously and do things um, to uh, protect yourself and protect the people you care about. But anyways, I had a great time at the Bank of Industries event. I thank them so much for inviting me. Thank them for putting together that event. It was uh, a very prestigious event. I thank them for having me uh, moderate the panel. They, they had me moderate. Uh, and I also thank um, Lani jawlani.com uh, they gave me a complimentary bag oh, I was going to bring that bag in and, and show, show it to you guys on the camera but unfortunately um, I left the bag in another studio so on Monday uh, when I come into the studio somebody remind me please that I can show you the bag I'll share it on my social media anyway my social media is Sandra Ezekwesili everywhere Sandra Ezekwesili so, so um, the, the owner of the brand essentially walked up to me and she said Sandra I'm a huge fan uh, I like what you do thank you for doing what you do and I just want to appreciate you with this bag and it's a gorgeous bag you know I'm, I'm really grateful I, I don't see myself as a celeb so when people do that for me i'm, all, I'm always like mm, wow i'm really a celeb <laughs> and then I met, the, I met the most amazing person uh, she's a head of customer service at the bank of industry um uh, her name is Marian Hart. Uh, Marian was such a delight. She's such a delightful person. She listens to the show all the time, listens to all the shows on the station all the time, uh, was quoting me to me. She kept saying, Kaya day, let me talk. <laughs> it was nice to meet her. Uh, she made sure I had a great time at the event um, yesterday. Uh, she was really lovely, really amazing, um, really kind. Uh, I just want to give her a special shout out. Marian, thank you so much for um, giving me a great time yesterday. So that's how my day went yesterday. I've still got a second a hard fact for you. It's three days. Can you believe it, Lagos? It's three days until the return of I Beg to Differ. My God. Today, Honorable Judges, my moderator, timekeeper, my fellow co-debater. My name is Samrita Kashik. I'm 13 years old. The auditions are over. Now, it's time to debate. The world concept of democracy is a comment here in The I Beg to Differ debate tournament returns to your radio on Monday, March 7th. I strongly concur that the barbaric and outdated 16 secondary school students made the cut. For example, if you look at Cameroon, what's happening right now is delicious. But, but now, to stay in the game, they'll have to go head to head. The full meaning of a job means joining other businesses. But how if no second chances, win or go home? What if AI is the end of the world? What if? What if it will cost the end of the world? Until we have one winner, one million naira. Join me, Sandra Ezekwesili, my panel of judges, and my great debaters, Mondays to Thursdays, live at 4 p.m. on 99.3 Nigeria Info. And catch the replay the next day from 4 p.m. on Wazobia Max TV, showing on DSTV Go TV, Star Times, and on UHF Channel 57. This tournament is brought to you in partnership with Paystack, supported by Frentivo. Thank you so much to Paystack for doing this with us and for us. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you to Printivo 
Printy was giving the children amazing souvenirs for being a part of uh, the I Beg to Differ tournament. If you go to my Twitter right now, S. Ezekwesli, or even my Facebook, Sandra Ezekwesli, you'll see a video of the magic mug that Printivo gave them. So it changes color. Uh, when it's cold, it has one color. When you, pour hot, when you pour hot water into the mug, like tea or coffee or whatever, it changes color. Um, it's so beautiful. I really love it. I, don't, I want to find out. On one hand, I want to find out the science behind it. But on the other hand, I'm like, no, I want to like preserve the magic. I, it's make it like, I feel like a child every time. Like I've watched the video several times. Um, it's so awesome. My Twitter is S as a question. My Facebook is Sandra as a question. So you see the mug um, that um, Printivo is giving us as part of um, their support for the I Beg to Defer Students Debate t- uh, Tournament. Printivo prints everything. If you want them to print a human being for you, they'll print a human being for you. Check them out on printivo.com. So from Monday to Thursday next week, it's the round of 16, two debaters per day from four to five right here on Hard Facts. Did you catch the playoff debate on Wednesday? If you didn't catch it, you can actually listen on our website, NigeriaInfo.fm. Uh, Niger That's our website. Uh, Deborah Pamzat won that round. She'll be back on Monday to debate against our number one seed. So don't miss it. One million Lagosians cannot be wrong. Thank you for listening to Hard Facts. I have a great show for you. It's a, it's a big one because there's still one big global story. You know that every... Um, Every Friday, we let Nigerian stories rest because there's so much happening in other parts of the world, right? And so we just focus on those stories from from um, other parts of the world. And the biggest story in the world right now is Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Chief Andy Obofor is back in the studio with me and uh, he'll be with me for the rest of this hour. From four o'clock, Agogo will be here with Public Square. After that, music and moments with Ifani and Sam. There's news and sports and uh, everything in between coming your way at the top of each hour, every hour. But let's get started with today's big one, Russia-Ukraine war edition. Like I said, I'm Sandra Ezekwesili, Lagos, and these are your hard facts. The Big Three, Global Edition on Hard Facts. The federal government handled the evacuation of Nigerians from Ukraine. Are the sanctions against Ukraine against Russia going too far? The sanctions are they going too far? Or are they not going far enough? And did nuclear powers just became checkable? Last week when we were having this conversation, my guest said, Well, they can't be checked. And today, one of the guests is back in the studio and I'm wondering if he has changed his mind and that nuclear powers can in fact be checked. It's a big one, uh, Ukraine, uh, Russia-Ukraine war edition, Lagos. Let's talk. Today is the day that uh, we let Nigeria rest. I always say that. And instead, we take on the biggest stories uh, from around the world. And Russia's war against Ukraine is still the biggest story on Earth. Earth. It's um, into its second week now, but it hasn't been as one-sided as it looked like it would be. The Ukrainians are fighting back. They're getting lots of help from their Western neighbors. 
including the EU and NATO and the member nations of, of those groups. They're also imposing sanctions uh, on Russia. So new unprecedented sanctions like removal of its institutions from the global payment system, for example. People did not expect that that was going to happen or they expected that, oh, these countries were going to wait until last minute um, to make that happen, to get that done. But here we are. And of course, Russia isn't taking this line down. And we've even gotten a threat from them involving nuclear strikes. So today we're going to uh, make sense. We'll try to make sense of the whole situation. Maybe read some tea leaves (laughs) to figure out what could happen next. Uh, My guest is a product management executive in Venture Capital, Chief Andy Oboforibo. Welcome back to Hard Facts. Thanks for having me back, Sam. Let's start closer to home, Chief. Um, The Foreign Affairs Ministry is coordinating the evacuation of Nigerians from Ukraine to countries like Romania and uh, Hungary. In fact, we heard this morning that um, Max Air has landed with the first people uh, who were evacuated. How would you assess their performance? I mean, given the circumstances and given the cards that they had to play, I think the federal government has done fairly well. Okay. Uh, it's not often I get to praise the federal government, but this is one of those situations. Right. You know, they've handled it as best, as well as you could expect. Hmm. So you had a war zone, you know. Um, I think the one thing you can fault them about is saying, well, why didn't they start evacuating people sooner before, you know, the actual first shot was fired, when it was clear what was happening. But, I mean, lots of people all over the world didn't expect the invasion. They, many people kept saying, oh, Putin is bluffing. So I can even give them a pass on that, uh, you know. It's not as if our intelligence agencies are like, you know, <laughs> world class. So, sure, they didn't realize. So now the um, war starts. It's very difficult to get people out of a war zone, especially if there's no ceasefire or no humanitarian co- corridor set down as it was at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yet, in spite of that, um, what they were able to do was look we're coordinating we're talking to you talking to nigerians in ukraine giving them information about how to get to the border and just saying please just get to the border as best you can and then we will help you out, um, um, for the rest of it mm. stuff came up we started hearing about neighboring countries not allowing nigerians through even though that was a violation of international law mm-hmm. and you know jeffrey and yema stepped up the foreign minister stepped up and said look this shouldn't be happening this isn't this, this isn't right and he spoke uh, and we got um, Hungary and Romania to allow visa-free entry to our citizens. And we didn't just let them just cross the border and find their way. Again, as best they could, they arranged transportation and accommodation. So, and now the airlifts. Um, please, a big shout out to Max Air and to Airpeace mm-hmm. for, you know, doing the patriotic thing and stepping up. Mm-hmm. So all told, it could be better, sure. But I mean, to it, it would be very wrong to be churlish not to give them their credit here. Not to give them their credit. We've also um, gotten a grudging acknowledgement uh, from the Ukrainian government that Africans were being mistreated. I mean, last week when we talked about it, we saw footage after footage of what Africans were going through, Nigerians were going through. Uh, we saw further reports during the week after our conversation last week that some of those people were dying uh, on the streets from hypothermia 
Crimea, um, they were dying from cold weather because it's still winter. It's still yeah. snowing, yeah. you know, so they were um, dying from exposure to the elements. You know, a lot of them were starving. A lot of them are freezing to death. Uh, but we have gotten uh, acknowledgement from the Ukrainian government that Africans were being mistreated. And finally, the international media is picking up the story. So that's good. It's very interesting how at first it was all being downplayed. But um, because Africans, especially Nigerians, kept shouting online, they finally um, had to fess up. They finally had to, to look into that. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is not one of those situations like, you know, we, we, have, we have to look at our government and tell them you see your life. Because the thing is that the government for once and the people, Nigerian government and Nigerian people were on the same side for mm, once, right. shouting about the same thing. Right. But it was the power of the internet, power of social media, especially Twitter, Twitter. that amplified the voice of Nigerians calling attention to what was happening because if it was of i mean nta or nigeria info we don't have correspondence in kiev mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so if it was left to the foreign especially western media mm-hmm. who were there on ground to report the plight of nigerians mm-hmm. they would have just turned a blind eye why because they want to paint they don't want anything that tampers with the narrative that ukraine is the victim mm. russia is the aggressor mm. so you know people don't do nuance so yeah. people don't understand that okay russia could be wrongly invading ukraine and at the same time ukraine is wrongly maltreating um, africans and nigerians right so to avoid that the western press will just downplay that so if we didn't have twitter getting these videos of nigerians and Ghanaians and everybody out there there would have been nothing for jeffrey onyema to uh, amplify mm-hmm. and would have still been where maybe the ukrainians would never have acknowledged it till now mm-hmm. so we see the power of or, 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 of, of social, social media, media mm-hmm. to so next time that somebody wants to you know, ban Twitter and, you know, so I'm, somebody wants to call in and say, hey, Sandra, is true. Excesses. People are going too far. My freedom story or freedom start. Remember today that Twitter saved the lives of Nigerians in Ukraine. <laughs> and it could be your life tomorrow or the life of your, your person in Malaysia or wherever it is. Yeah. And that brings us uh, very nicely to the role of propaganda in this war. I'm mm. very... I, I like that you went in the direction of, well... Uh, People are very binary in their thinking. It's very difficult to have very nuanced conversation with the average person. And so you have to tell them A is A, B is B, Mm. you know. Mm. Um, But, you know, when it comes to war, when it comes to most things, really, propaganda is at play. Whether it's politics, whether it's like whatever the politics is, Mm -hmm. there's propaganda at play. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Ukrainians appear to have put together a very sharp public relations uh, machinery here. Uh, while the Russians seem like they're struggling badly with the narrative, at least on Twitter, you know? Um, and, And that's ironic because... For the past six years or so, we've been hearing about the Russian government running all these bot farms and troll farms and creating this very well-oiled propaganda machine, you know? So how come the Ukrainians are beating them at their own game this time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, first of all, uh, um, I think a shout out to, to a good friend of mine, uh, um, Kingsley, uh, he, he put it very interestingly on Twitter. Mm. He said that um, the thing with, um, that Russia is like that SS3 senior that has been terrorizing everybody in the boarding house for <laughs> for for years, weeks, months, years. And finally, one day, one everybody has been planning for that person. And one day, 
that guy just passed the just wrong place <laughs> and just went to the wrong place at the wrong time and all those juniors are there and bam it's open season on him <laughs> so that's kind of what has happened to to russia now hmm. um the countries with some of the largest media both formal media traditional media and social media mm-hmm. reach in the world mm-hmm. have been licking their wounds about russia mm-hmm. so you have the americans who believe russia interfered actively in t- the last two general elections mm-hmm. you have the british who believe that russia interfered in brexit mm-hmm. um you know in the, in the you know brexit campaign okay you have um you know so you, you have so this, everybody they wait Russia. They wait Russia, especially on this media side. So mm-hmm. there's been there's been a lot of that, right, coming up. Then there's also the mere fact that it's basically like it's very hard to spin some things. Mm. Okay, like two fighting is hard to is easy to spin, mm. but a country is on their own. You have a problem with them. Mm. Let's even say that every single thing Russia says about the Ukraine is true, mm. right? Mm. So all Russia's grievances are correct. Mm-hmm. Um. Invasion is still not the way you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to go to the UN and report them mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, and in, in the specific case of Ukraine and Russia, mm-hmm. of you know the issue that the issues that brought them here to a head. You know, that they had a peace a peace deal in 2014, right. and under that peace deal, which was brokered by um, you know the OSCE, the um, Organization for Security in, in, in Europe, they are basically guarantors of that peace. Mm-hmm. So, really, if Russia is saying that Ukraine is not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing in the Crimea based on that, etc., etc., mm. there is a... The people that sat down with you and signed the peace deal, you should first go there before you go. But none of that was done. Mm. Instead, you are now invading another country, bombing them into the Stone Age, mm-hmm. rolling your tanks through there. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to win that PR war. Mm. People say, oh, America got away with it. America got away with it because nobody could go and fight a war with America. But America took a PR beating. America took a massive PR beating, mm. which we're still feeling till now. I talk about the Iraq war. Mm-hmm. So that's why till today, people are calling America a hypocrite mm-hmm. for coming to talk against Russia. Mm-hmm. That shows you that you don't go into another country, invade another country, and expect to win the PR battle. It's interesting that you raised that point about America. I was having a conversation with one of my uh, drivers, uh, uh, a bolt driver who brought me to work one time about this Russia-Ukraine situation. Mm-hmm. And he, he said something that I've heard quite a number of Nigerians repeat. You know, the he said, oh, oh, the media is very Western. There's an agenda to make Russia the bad guy. Uh, the problem is that, uh, you know, people are not being very honest. Would America allow, um, uh, uh, you know, an enemy, for instance, set up uh, in Mexico that is essentially America's backyard? Right. Have you no, heard that no, sentiment? I, I hear that sentiment all the time. And and when and this is my simple question. When somebody says, uh, will America allow Russia to bring missiles into Mexico. I say no, but has America brought missiles into Ukraine? Hold on. Let's take a break. When we come back from this break... The answer is no. You'll keep going. <laughs> you'll keep going, uh, you know, with that question. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Every Friday from 3 to 4, we let Nigeria rest. We talk about what's happening in other parts of the world. Today, it's Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'm Sandra Ezekwesile. This is Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Nigeria 
Yes, indeed. We are back on the big one today. Uh, it's Big Three Global every Friday from four o'clock. Global stories featuring right here on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. It's 3.29. I've got Chief Andy Oboforebo on the show with us. And Chief Oboforebo is talking to us about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Chief is a product management executive with um, a venture firm, a venture capital firm. And, um, you know, he's also like quite knowledgeable about um, this invasion and, you know, he's quite the historian unofficially. <laughs> and that's why uh, he's talking with me about this. He's having a conversation with me about this. And before the break, we were talking about people who say that um, Western media is skewed uh, in their reporting of this conflict, that uh, people are being hypocritical um, about this, that if this were America, for instance, they were doing the exact same thing that America is doing. And you were asking before the break, Chief, you said, well, has America uh, you know, done, has America Invaded uh, Russia? No. no, no. I, I asked um, when they made a Mexico analogy. Mm. I'm asking if it holds in this case. Yeah. Because people say if America, if Russia were to put missiles and weapon systems in um, Mexico, America would invade. Right. So I'm saying, well, has yes, even if we say that that's true, has America put missiles and weapon systems in Ukraine? No, they haven't. So you're not. It's not the same case. So why are you using that Mexico hypothetical as a justification for what um, Ro- Russia is now doing in Ukraine? There are no American weapon systems in U- Ukraine. That's, America did not give Ukraine weapons. There are no American soldiers in Ukraine. Ukraine is not a, a member of NATO. Um, you know, so what people are saying is if um, Russia cannot allow Ukraine to join NATO, so now... An independent country. An independent country. As I add. And, and the funny thing about it is it's the same Nigerians who oftentimes talk about self-determination mm. are the ones that are saying this. You want self-determination. And that's part of... I think part of the sentiment, there's a lot of pro-Russia sentiment among pro-Biafra Nigerians. I've noticed that. Okay. And yeah, that's in part because the feeling is that because the Russian propaganda is that they are fighting for the self-determination of ethnic Russians in the Crimea. So a lot of that has gone to now start creating this support. Yes, Putin, this is the kind of thing that we would have wanted. But everybody only ever sees power so when, the is putting? when power is on their side. And then so like and the Nigerians in general tend to just love shows of power. Mm. And everybody assumes that they will be the Russians, not that they will be the Ukrainians. Ukrainian. But I'm a Nigerian. I understand that my country is a third or fourth rate power in the world. And so I understand that eventually we might get to a day one day where some first or second rate power decides for whatever reason to take pieces of my country or to invade my country and is this the precedent i want to set that if a a country decides wakes up one day and decides that they want to come and take another country because of grievances that it should be allowed to happen because another country was also a hypocrite like do we have sense you know like you know i mean we have to just look at this thing objectively you know, but the thing with Nigerians is oftentimes when we analyze these things, we tend to be sentimental and we try to turn it into a good versus evil battle. It's not a good versus evil battle. As Ukraine has shown. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a question of what would we want a, the world to look like? Do we want the world to look like a place where if you are just the stronger country, mm-hmm. then you're going to just go and do whatever you want? Mm. Especially as black people, Africans, from a third or fourth rate world power like nigeria 
where, I mean, in my lifetime, Cameroon walked over and took a piece of Nigeria mm. and went away and nothing happened. Mm. Like, is that really what we want? Nigerians are here complaining every day of that people from Niger Republic are crossing our borders mm. and taking over our country. Mm. But you're seeing it happening in another country and you say, yes, let it happen to them, to these people, these Ukrainians, because we don't like the Americans. Make it make sense. Okay. You don't have to like the Americans, but let's stand for what's right or wrong. But at the end of the day, war isn't one with propaganda. You still need to do business uh, on the ground. Oh, yes. The Russians are advancing well into Ukraine, but lots of military analysts on all sides are saying that their progress is much slower than expected. What are some of the issues there? How can they be explained? Well, there's strategic issues. Then there's, you know, organizational issues, corruption. And there's also just, um, you know, Ukraine being a bit stronger than people expected. So on strategic, on, on strategic ground, but I think ultimately it's still advantage Russia. Hmm. But the Russian forces are moving much slow, slower than people thought, in part because the Russians are didn't come for like a blitzkrieg they didn't come for like a full-scale ground offensive right where you come normally like ever since world war ii the germans taught us that in the modern era of armored warfare if you're coming to invade a hostile land you send your so your 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 forces in in waves right at least two um preferably three or four right. the first wave comes and moves very quickly and wipes out anything, everything in front of it, okay. you know, with tanks and everything and moves and just goes, but doesn't stop to hold ground. Okay. Now, because of that, it, it will miss a lot of stuff, okay. right? So suddenly that first wave has passed territory okay. and has left behind some people like Ukrainians in this case. Okay. There's now supposed to be a second wave that comes to, and, and please forgive the, the very like flippant words, but these are the military words, mm-hmm. mop up. those people, those those resistant people. Mm. But because the Russians didn't do that, they came in with only one major wave, you know, because I think they underestimated the Ukrainians. Yes. That first wave passed relatively successfully at first, but it left behind lots of Ukrainians who now popped up and started fighting a resistance fight. Mm. And bear in mind that these Ukrainians have been fighting the Russians since 2014 or since before 2014, Mm -hmm. you know, in Crimea and so forth. So the the Ukrainians have lots of battle-hardened people Mm. and they've been planning for this invasion more or less. And now that they're getting like... um, they're getting weapons, you know, they have the, what they call it, they have the Javelin anti-tank missiles, mm-hmm. which are using it very effectively against the Russians. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. But even with all this, the Russians should have still made this thing much easier. The other problem the Russians have is massive corruption, which we're seeing, which is affecting their um, ability to fight war. Okay. So we've seen that um, lots of breakdowns of Soviet, of, of Russian vehicles, right. both tanks, Armor personnel carriers, all of them are breaking down. A lot of tired, tire wear out. Okay. Tires are wearing out and falling off the rims. Okay. And why is that happening? Because those tires have not been rotated for years. Okay. And why have those tires not been rotated for years? Because the money to, you know, organize that car maintenance has not been going down because of corruption within the Russian military. Okay. And this has been a big problem. There was a very massive reform movement of the Russian military if some years ago. Mm-hmm. And then the reformer guy who was doing that in the Russian military got kicked out because, you know, he was stepping on too many toes. So what we're seen here is a power coming out to fight that 
maybe it's a bit heavier than their normal fighting weight. Mm. And that's what is part of what is um, slowing, them, slowing them down. And then also, there's just also the issue of morale, psychology. The Russian so army... hearing that a lot of the uh, army uh, recruits were conscripted. Yeah, they're conscripts, meaning that they, are not, they didn't volunteer to mm. be soldiers. Mm. They were conscripted, you know, come draft, we're coming to go and fight, mm. uh, come to join the army. And even then, they didn't even realize they were going to go and fight. Yeah, Men, they thought they were going, going to do training. exercises. Yeah. Right, so th- that's, that, that's a whole thing that's happening there within Russia. Then contrast that with um, the Ukrainians who are fighting for their lives. Mm. You know, the, the, the guy who is fighting on his home soil mm-hmm. is always more like, oh. you know, it's more of a thing, you know. Yeah. So all these things add up. It's still advantage Russia, mm-hmm. but, and then also, let's also not forget the fact that the Russians didn't do the normal modern thing like the Americans did in Iraq, okay. which is start out with air fights. Like, you use air raids to, like, destroy um, defensive positions, mm-hmm. use missiles. America would goes, like, maybe two weeks of air war before the first um, boot hits the ground. Mm-hmm. They did that in the Gulf War. They did that in the Iraq War. They did that in Afghanistan to an extent. Mm-hmm. So that has also come to be well, what we expect from a superpower when they come to fight. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Americans did such a good job of it in the Gulf War. By the time their soldiers and their tanks first started coming in, the Iraqis were, were, were surrendering without a fight. Mm-hmm. But here, the Russians have... And that's, again, because of, you know, logistic issues. They just did not bring the air power the way they should. Lagos, join the conversation. Give us a call on 0700-993-993-993. I've got Chief Andy on the show with us um, uh, trying to help us make sense of all of this. We've got about five minutes. Oh, we've got about five minutes and then uh, we have to go. We have to hand over to Ayobe for ideas. But I want to bring you into the conversation now. Let's talk. Oluwato Singh Williams on Facebook says, I want to commend the Ukrainians for their steadfastness. The question of of the of this war is a question of self-determination and self-preservation. I can only urge the NATO to put their words to action. I only hope Russia won't regret this. They may have advantage now, but in the long run, it's going to be a win for Ukraine. Uh, well done, Sandra, and have a blissful weekend. Uluwatosin also says, where is Mr. Trump? A lot of Nigerians also think that Trump would have handled this differently. Uh, well, yes, he would have handled it differently. He would have supported Russia. He Be, has yes, because Russia when he right was now. president, he was asked about Russia's annexation of Crimea, mm-hmm. and he said it was possible that he would recognize as valid and legitimate Russia's illegal conquest of Crimea. Mm. He has been on the table saying that. Mm-hmm. Then now, Trump has also said that this Russian invasion of Ukraine is genius. Mm-hmm. But again, like it, it just comes down to it. And now, contrast that with Biden. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm sure we heard it from the EU and from the NATO. Mm-hmm. Um, both organizations have praised Biden for his leadership. We've, we have seen now the West has managed to gather the most extreme set of sanctions economic sanctions against a nation state um, since World War One. You even have and China saying something. Yes. China is like, I don't do it. And NATO and the EU are both saying that this would not have been possible with anyone other than Biden hmm. because Biden did not bully them. Hmm. He took an approach of listening, mm-hmm. a fatherly approach mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. of listening to them, understanding them, and 
basically negotiating to build consensus. Right. So if you get people who have in the past not been very like willing to come out of their shells and you suddenly get them. I mean, before now, we all said Germany would, I mean, you heard Cheta and I here last week, Germany will never agree mm-hmm. to Nord Stream 2 mm-hmm. being um, stopped. Right. Um, Belgium will never agree to um, cutting Russia out of SWIFT. Both things have happened since the last time I was here. Yeah. And you have NATO and the EU both saying it's because of Joe Biden's leadership. Let's come to the phone lines now. 99.3, hello. Thanks for calling. I greet you, Sandra. I, I greet you, guys. I greet you, too. There's no time, and there's a lot to unpack on this. My name is Kelvin. Kelvin, use my time. Don't worry. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I'm just so excited that um, a man, as uh, Zelensky, from a comic actor, he has become a world-time president. Mm-hmm. And the act of communication these days is fantastic from him. Mm. I'm so excited about that. I thought um, the Russians would just come and override these people. But the stiff resistance is spectacular. Mm-hmm. But how long and they hold on his key year yes. from a former KGB spy yeah. to a former comic actor. It's so interesting to see. I'm sad also <laughs> for people that are dying. Yes. A lot of people are dying. Civilians are dying. Russians yes. are, oh, yeah, are not yeah. TV stations. Yeah. You know, they're not saying that uh, a lot of people are not aware of what is really happening in Russia, even yeah. though there are some protests in some parts of Russia. Yeah. But it's so sad. The West should have done better anyway. The sanction to me is good. But it's a bit cosmetic. It should have gone further than that. Okay. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you so much, Kevin, for calling. 99.3, hello. Hello. Thanks for calling. What's your name? Yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? My name is Samuel. I'm calling from Lekki. Welcome. Go ahead. Yes, I have. I, know. I'm coming, I want to come from another angle. Okay. Your guest there is not passing the right information. Okay. To some extent. Okay. When Kamala Harris went to Europe, why will it turn... This uh, idea of uh, Ukraine can join in NATO, which is part of the reason why I, I'm not in support of what is happening there. Hmm. I'm angry, seriously angry with what Putin did. Okay. But why would you mute? Why would you even even make that statement in the first place? What's the statement? Um, that, asking. Uh, I, I saw it online not too yeah. long. Uh-huh. That, uh, even NATO, uh, uh, Ukraine can decide to even still join if they want to join. But, but why can't they join? They're a sovereign nation. Okay, they can do what they want. You. Yeah. Can I explain something to you? Yeah. Okay, now, as a Nigerian now, mm-hmm. you have an enemy with maybe as your Ghana is, Ghana is your enemy mm-hmm. or your perceived enemy because mm-hmm. you've been in rivalry in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, the Republic shares borders with you. Mm-hmm. It has the, case, the almost the same firepower. Fire, fire L- let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Okay. We have yeah, like so, two minutes. Okay. okay, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say now is that... No, no, no. Make that enemy, point about Ghana okay. and... and yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Would you allow your enemy mm-hmm. that has the same firepower with you to come to your border and uh, maybe... And set up. And set up maybe a nuke or something or even equipment there. All right. Thank you very much for calling. We've got just 30 seconds. Uh, Chief, we've addressed this earlier on. Well, I'll, I'll just again. point out that for, for Ukraine to join NATO, mm-hmm. all NATO members must agree. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is just one member. There were at least four members who would never have allowed NATO, um, Ukraine to join mm-hmm. before Russia did this. So has Russia done Ukraine or has Russia done themselves? That's one. The two, the U.S. has never changed its position. The U.S. has constantly said Ukraine can 
and join NATO, while the other members said no. That in itself is not reason enough for um, Russia to invade. These are the things that civilized nations go to the table and talk about, especially because Ukraine themselves are a sovereign nation who should have some um, um, you know, chance to do. But what Russia has done now is gotten everybody who used to be on their side in the West to now be against them, mm. making it even more likely that Ukraine joins NATO down the line, especially because now even the other countries who have seen that, look, even not join, and Ukraine couldn't even join NATO mm -hmm. because they were in a border dispute with Russia over Crimea. Mm -hmm. So basically now everybody has said, oh, so even when you can't join NATO, but you being one join, mm -hmm. Russia will attack you just because you being one. So why? what do you lose? Oh yeah, come and join NATO. Chief, thank you so much for your time. You'll be back with us next week. <laughs> yes, uh, this one will go ahead. <laughs> we are hoping that it would have ended by then. Thank you so much to um, Lani Adeton Ajaybe. She's a creative director at Lani. She gave me this gorgeous, gorgeous bag. I'm, a bag. I'm showing it to you on our live stream. So please check her out online. Uh, check out her website, www.jolani.com. She gave this to me because she loves the show. She loves what we do. I'm really grateful. I'll show it to you again on Monday because I didn't have time to really get into it today. Find me on social media, S. Ezekwesili. Those are your hard facts, Digos. Good night. <laughs>